Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the How to Do Drugs podcast. I am your host, Aliyah Janine, and today I have my very good friend, who have, whom I've known for um, for quite some time now, um, Vince, aka Vince. <laughs> Happy to be here. Um, you're like happy to be here now. Um, how you and I met was, um, I want to say, cause I was 30 and you were 20 and we were in a bar in Hollywood called Crest. If I remember correctly, it was on the rooftop of Crest. And because you're six foot four and like you had, I remember you had very, like you had like longer hair, your hair was a little bit longer. And um, mainly just because you were six foot four and facial hair, I'm like, oh, he's totally old enough to be in this club. Well, and let's you... let's start off in that my fake ID said I was 21. So <laughs> for the sake of the story, we can, we can say I was 21. Yes, yes. But um, how I found out that you weren't 21 is um, because we went out. Um, well, we met at Crest and then um, we got each other's numbers or whatever. And then you uh, went to take me to see Steel Panther remember and you're like oh i know people you know that that work at the key club or, or whatever and then when we were up um getting our ids checked you had to like you were like whispering to the door guy and i'm like what the hell is going on and then you had like oh, a big big x put on your hand and i'm like oh what does that mean and you're like oh well i mean because it's technically i'm not 21 yet and i was like oh my god i'm going out with someone so much younger than me, like not even legal to drink. Yeah. So that's, um, that's how we met. <laughs> Seal Panther was amazing though. Um, great show. Strong, strongly recommend. To yes. One hasn't seen them. Definitely go see, um, Seal Panther live and you were turning 21. I think it was within a couple of months anyway, but it was still like, <laughs> it was still, I was real... mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it was still, um, very funny, but we have been friends for years. You were actually my date for, um, the AVN awards one First, year. You, you broke my AVN cherry. And I think it's fair to say I've been to how many since then now? Five, all of them. So since you, then, cre- you created a monster. Like you became buddies with like Tony, the owner of Avian and stuff. And and let me also put it this way: I think at, at the time I was really involved in DJing. Um, that Avian show you t- took me to resulted in my first DJ gig, where I did Ron Jeremy's New Year's Eve party. <laughs> That's amazing. That is, um, yeah. It's like I left the industry, and all of a sudden you started like working getting more acclimated in it, so to speak. Don't you like you, um, you manage some models and stuff for only fans right now. You do some, that, stuff that's like- what I'm in. Yeah. That's what I'm into right now. Obviously the only fans thing's pretty popular. We're on a, we're in a, we're in a time now where we can all shoot our own porn, which you're probably not a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so <laughs> over it. I'm like, distribute, I've already did distribute that how, how we, how we see fit. Uh, yeah. but at least, at least people are finally getting paid for it. So that's, that's a plus. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely wish that um, if OnlyFans was around when I was doing it, yeah, definitely. I probably would have stayed in it for a lot yeah, longer. Yeah, we wouldn't be on this podcast. Probably not. I mean, oh my God, imagine uh, the possibilities. Where would I be now? Would I still be doing <laughs> drugs? Absolutely. <laughs> that never changes. That never changes. I'm trying to remember... Um, if you and I, I know we used to get drunk. We used to get very, very intoxicated, um, which was always fun. But I don't remember if we've ever actually done any drugs together. 
I, I, I think there was probably some blow mixed in there at some point. Um, no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. But I wasn't doing a lot of blow when I lived in LA. What? Maybe no. at the AVN Awards did we do? No. Some? Our, our 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 love was real. It wasn't based on drugs. <laughs> our love was real. I do remember when we snuck into the what was it? The Standard or the Highland something? And we snuck into the, one of the hotel pools in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Was, and had sex in the pool. Um, that was fun. Good yeah. Time. i'm like yeah no but we weren't on drugs then either did we ever do see this is the problem when you do a lot of drugs it's like wait what drugs did i do with you i mean i guess if you if if we're gonna if we're gonna talk all things drugs alcohol and weed can can be classified as drugs to some people and uh we did do our fair share of both of those um i remember laying on on, on what you qualified as a bed in your Hollywood. Plenty amounts of weed. Just, just for the viewers so that we can, we, we, we can illustrate this picture. It was, it was a mattress. It was a mattress that was so flimsy that when you laid on it, my butt was hitting the, gr- the, the hard floor, but it was, it, it wasn't was a blow up. It was, it was a like, blow a, up. It was like a real mattress. Yeah. No, it was that because um, I had just got in the apartment because I was um, staying with my friend Cassidy, who lived yeah. like two blocks down. And I found um, an apartment um, two blocks I think on Cherokee. And yeah, I just moved in and I was so excited to like, have sex. But yeah, it was like a blow up. It was barely a blow up mattress. And we just had a bunch of blankets on the floor. <laughs> Oh, it was good times. Yeah, it, 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 we we were we were living the crackhead vibes without doing the crack. <laughs> we really were. Yeah, that apartment. Um, that was fun. I basically like started my whole life over in that apartment, <laughs> and that, and then I moved to North Hollywood where I got a house and like grew up a yeah. little bit. But yeah, yeah, I didn't have a lot when I lived in. I didn't like watch TV and stuff when I was in Hollywood. But um, I didn't even do that much that many drugs either it's like surprisingly like the cocaine that i did a couple of times was really really good obviously but yeah because i was always afraid of the stigma of like doing porn and like partying all the time like i didn't want to be seen as that you know what i mean and especially in that industry um but now that i think about it i wasted a lot of good times um to do like good blow like i just passed it up because i was worried about social stigma (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, and I, I mean, we, we can get into it later, but I, I, I think that, you know, blow and alcohol are normally the drugs that people kind of first start with when they're younger and a little, a little more insecure, but, uh, there's, there's quite a selection. Yeah. Is that, um, well, because like you grew up in California, you're, you're a Cali boy and, um, especially around Hollywood, because when I was growing up, it was more like, we did more like alcohol and like mushrooms and acid were in some place like in LA, I would definitely see like alcohol and Coke being like the go-to um, because of there it's like, that's like the party drug. That's like the cool drug that like all the stars or whatever that you think that they're doing. And they most definitely are <laughs> most of the time. Um, so growing up, like, so was cocaine like the first drug you did, like obviously alcohol and weed, but no, what was like the first drug that you ever tried? Well, uh, I guess I should first off and say, start off by saying my, my, my early career, um, 
when I say career kind of mm -hmm. baseball was, was what yes. I was doing in high school all the way up until almost the time I met you. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that really prevented me from getting into drugs at mm -hmm. that time. Um, you know, uh, when you're, when you're working towards something physical, whether mm -hmm. it be an athlete, it's pretty easy to not choose things that slow your body down. <laughs> yeah. You know? did, uh, did, did you ever well, get into steroids yeah. or anything? No, no, because I was a pitcher. So, you know, at the, at that age, it was, it was more about flexibility, um, yeah. find the ball faster. It wasn't, it wasn't more of a, it wasn't a football scenario where, you know, you're, you're trying to get bigger to achieve a certain, mm -hmm. and I'm also, I'm a big guy as, 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 it, as it is. So like that, yeah. that temptation never hit me. I, you know, once baseball stopped, then I started, you know, dabbling in the first steps, right? Like fighting yeah. from like, from <laughs> beer to, to, to hard liquor, uh, you know, weed was obviously a good gateway drug for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it, it was, you know, something easy to, to, to make that stepping stone. I think my, my other than the, other than the blow that we would do at clubs together mm -hmm. and like, you know, you get that occasional bump in, in Hollywood Yeah. Um, outside of that, my first real drug experience was a major laser concert. It was also my first rave. Okay. So uh, my friends took me to my first rave. God, this was 2000, maybe 2006, 2007. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, no, it was like 2008, I think. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, that was, they were like, here, take this ecstasy roll. It's like, what's it going to do? They're like, don't worry about it. And I, <laughs> and it, it was, it, I still follow this advice to anybody this day is, you know, if you're going to take, take something, know your dosage, know what you're doing, but also take it and forget about it. That's exactly why I did. I took it. And then I like 10 minutes later, forgot I even took it. And before mm -hmm. you know it, 30 to 40 minutes later, I'm like rolling around in the grass, like <laughs> playing with an invisible ball, being like, this is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. So, yeah. Also uh, make sure you're with good people when you're yeah. doing that. And th stuff. those were my best friends at the time. So like yeah. I had that trust. I had that, uh, that circle of friends. So yeah. And you're um, in a like safe area and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people should definitely, I remember the first time I ever did cocaine was, at a rave and I was with, you know, a good group of friends or whatever. It's a lot different than doing ecstasy for the first time, which was also at a rave. But my first rave was in the 90s <laughs> when they were still good time really to, good time to rave. Good yeah, time. Rave. When they were still underground and um, Ticketmaster wasn't selling tickets to them. So you really didn't start doing drugs until you were older, until you were like in your 20s then and, and yeah. a little bit later on. Um, yeah. So what do you think? Um, is your favorite drug like did like after you tried ecstasy did you want to try like more of them or did like you like really like one and like maybe do it a little too much at a time um i think my like what i've chosen to do over time has been indicative of my current situation right mm -hmm. so when i was young like and you know without going on too much off on a tangent like i think you know we drink and do coke to to really kind of get that like get that liquid courage or that energy to do things when you get older and you get more comfortable in your own skin and you start understanding who you are mm -hmm. other drugs that have more medicinal benefit become more appealing so mm -hmm. the drugs that are appealing to me today i didn't even know existed before i wasn't mm -hmm. even interested in them before um 
And now I'm the type of person that will tell you, you know what, a, a, a bump of K is probably better than drinking all night. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, it, but I, I honestly believe that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, everyone's enzymes in their body react differently. Like I think uh, we as humans um, really like, like to look at every, everyone and be like, Oh, you know, that person's the same size as me, you know, I'll just do what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all react differently to drugs. yeah that's not a good <laughs> yeah it's not, it's not it's not a good strategy but it's kind of the strategy that everybody takes they see their friends mm-hmm. doing it and they and and they do it and you know just me me personally like i react really bad to alcohol you know mm-hmm. like i for, from a hangover perspective you know my, yeah. my body runs hot i get really dehydrated overnight like uh you know a night of drinking tons and tons of beers will destroy me more than than rolling the next yeah you know? Yeah. Physically. Oh, especially now. Oh, wait until you hit your forties, like two glasses of wine. It's like two weeks to recover. I'm like, what is the matter with me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you know, going without going off on a political discussion though, it's, it's, it's how we stigmatize drugs, which, Mm -hmm. which causes us to think, Oh, you know, alcohol is fine, but these other drugs aren't when maybe these other drugs have more of a medicinal benefit. They actually have more of, you know, a, um, have a, have a more positive impact on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that, there's that Dr. Carl Hart, uh, yeah. that, wrote, that wrote that book about how he does heroin and heroin mm-hmm. makes him like, uh, makes him a better person. This is a scientist. He's a teacher. He's like, yeah, you know, at Columbia. Actually mm-hmm. I know I'm trying to get him on the show. Compounds. I want him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He knows the chemical c- compounds and like the dosages and everything. And mm-hmm. it, it goes to show you how stigma plays a lot into what we think about drugs, because, you know, with the right dosage, with the right intent, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we should be free to experiment and, and, and use drugs how, how we see fit. Now, me personally, I can honest, I can, I can say that I have not always taken that <laughs> advice and I've not always thought that way. I've definitely yeah. been reckless and careless with how I use drugs. But I, I think that, you know, when we, when we look at, you know, what's your favorite drug or what you're doing, mm-hmm. we also have to look at, well, what, what do you currently, what, what currently do you want out of life and where are you currently with life and how will mm-hmm. that drug, how will that drug positively impact you? And if it's not going to positively impact you, then, you know, then maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. not do it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a big factor when it comes with, um, with drug use is that, um, people automatically assume that we're doing copious amounts of all these things instead of just like micro dosing on mushrooms to help with like a little bit of depression or even K now, as you know, is being used to help with depression and stuff. I've tried K a couple of times when I was younger. Um, and it wasn't, I didn't like it. And like, obviously I wasn't doing little bumps. I would do like, you know, a big fat line and and would actually make me feel like I was drunk a little bit. And then it would just make me feel really nauseous because I've never been good with towners. Like I've never really been good with those. Some people really like them though, but um, I know people have died of overdoses of, of, you know, ketamine and even like GHB and stuff like that. Yeah. But a lot of drugs have a lot of very, good medicinal purposes. I mean, that's why like certain drugs were even created to help with specific things, but yeah, but the way, um, the way it's, I guess it's hard to regulate, you know, for, um, the government to regulate these certain types of drugs and like how much, uh, like how strong they can be. And, and, you know, so it's like a lot to figure out, but other countries have kind of already figured it out. <laughs> where They're just like, Hey, people are going to do these drugs. If, 
if we want them to or not. So at least like, let's give them a space to like, there's, I forgot what country it was where they allow people to go in and like shoot up and stuff. So they give them clean needles and, and whatnot. Definitely not here. Oh God. I don't, that would take decades, decades for that to happen in the United States. Well, it's ever. like, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, when, like if someone's doing Molly or doing heroin, we view those people a lot differently than we view an alcoholic, right? Mm-hmm. Like an alcoholic where we praise them for getting sober and yeah. for, and, and for, for putting it down, but you know, other stronger, maybe more addictive drugs that are a little bit more dangerous. We mm-hmm. don't, we don't apply the same logic that we apply to drugs like alcohol. We just stigmatize them mm-hmm. um, and, and stigmatize the people that use them. Yeah, because alcohol is uh, socially acceptable. It's like cigarette smoking. Cigarette smoking is a disgusting habit. Do I still do it? Absolutely. Why? Because it's socially acceptable. And if more people are doing it with my freaking addict, especially smoker's brain, I'm also going to want to smoke, even though I know I should. <laughs> could you could you imagine if weed killed as many people as cigarettes per year? Like, oh yeah. The, the the stigma, the like the stigma and hatred that would that that would that would revamp against weed. It's, yeah, that I mean, it's kind of already still like that. At least now, yeah. people people are actually seeing, you know, the medical benefits, and that now people that you would never think they're like, oh, I really like CBD. It's like, yeah, no shit. We've been trying to tell you this basically for centuries. It seems yeah. like, especially with stuff like hemp, where you can make everything from paper to clothing from this stuff. But um, because it was easy, you know, and it was good for the environment and you can't make that much money off of it. They're like, no, we can't use this stuff. It is um, it is interesting how they do that. So um, so you have an only fan. So like you do only fan stuff now. Do you think um, how do you feel about the stigma between um, like sex work and working with sex workers and a drug use within the sex worker community? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't necessarily tie tie those to get or or tie those together any more than I would tie, you know, someone who does drugs and then goes and does their Wall Street job. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you if you're going to stigmatize someone for uh, for having sex on camera and being high on Molly, you also have to stigmatize your Wall Street banker that 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 racks up lines of Adderall or Coke on his desk to do his job. Mm hmm exactly oh that's such a good answer but we don't do that (laughs) no we don't of course we don't do that because because sex is more detrimental to our society than say you know kids playing video games where they stab and kill people yeah Uh, you know but god god forbid if those same kids saw a nipple or something uh we 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 need we we have to we have to shun all of that but but as far as, as far as uh as far as violence or actually things that negatively impact impact society it's terrible yeah um, there's also the thing too, because there's so many like legalized drugs that you mentioned Adderall, and then you also have stuff like Xanax. So you have a lot of these people who, um, who put down, you know, like sex workers or, or someone who's a heroin addict or former, you know, recovering heroin addict and stuff like that. But they're going and taking like popping two Xanax a day and thinking that they're completely different or even that they're better than these people because it was like, oh, well, it was given to me by my doctor. So I'm supposed to take this where you have to take it because you're a dirty addict. But it's like, if we take that prescription away from you, all of a sudden you're freaking the fuck out because you need another fix. 
it is. By the way, that's that, that's how our politicians are getting high. Is yeah. everything's a prescription drug that, mm-hmm. that that's allowed, you know? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's the same. It's the same shit. It's just you know, at one one's covering their tracks legally and one's not. Yeah, I remember um, my father telling me because he's a big drug addict. He loves his drugs, and um, when they came out with pills like Oxy and um, especially Xanax and Adderall, he's like. He's like, I don't have to shoot any up anymore. They have pills for that. now. <laughs> like, uh, that, the, the effects of morphine are almost identical to that of heroin. You yeah. Know? Anybody, yeah. anybody that's had surgery and got a morphine drip can, can, can probably understands the effects of heroin. Now I personally have never tried heroin before, yeah. um, but you know, it's, if you look into the long history of things like Oxycontin and whatnot, like we've known that these drugs and compounds have been addictive since, you know, the, the 1911, mm-hmm. like the early, like, oh, almost a century, if not a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but it, it all comes down to pharma being able to monetize it. And then mm-hmm. once they're able to monetize it, they're able to lobby for it. And then they're able to, you know, pass the blame of deaths and addiction off to street drugs or drugs mm-hmm. that affect poor people not mm-hmm. drugs that actually, uh, you know, not the actual compound of the drug or what's actually happening. Yeah. And they have, um, fentanyl now, and a lot of people are dying from overdoses because I guess it's cheaper and it's easier to get for some reason. And so they're mixing it in with the heroin and then people are just dropping like flies with that. Yeah. I've never, um, I've talked about Which it. The problem would be solved if, 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 uh, heroin was regulated and legal. Yeah. I mean, well, what, a lot of drugs <laughs> would be like that. Um, I mean, because they used to sell, um, like they used to, you see the ads for like cocaine to help with like a child's toothache. And um, it does because it knows the fuck out of your mouth. And um, so they, yeah, so they used to, so they used to have a lot of these drugs were legal until they realized, you know, people were getting, I mean, then Coca-Cola used to put cocaine like, didn't they have cocaine in Coca-Cola for a while until they got in trouble for that? Um, so, yeah, so they they had it legal for a little while. I think even stuff like LSD before they really knew what it was. And they're like, oh, people, we can't have people doing this. And it's only and I do think it is obviously because people can't make money um, off of it, but it's also like, it is a control thing. It's definitely like that. Um, a lot of it has to do with religion too. Although we like to think in America that we have separation of church and state, which clearly <laughs> we do not because every politician is always mentioning a God, some God, whatever God, um, constantly. So a lot of it does have to do with that where it's like, Oh, it's almost like blasphemous. If, um, if you're doing drugs, are you a religious person? Uh, well, you know, as, as someone that comes from an Italian family, my my religion is almost uh, it's almost like an arranged marriage. You're forced. <laughs> you're, 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 it's an arranged arranged religion, if you will. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was forced to go through the 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 confirmation and all the mm-hmm. steps to be Catholic. But I'm probably one of the few people on this earth that's that are confirmed a confirmed Catholic atheist. No, I would be the, well, I would be the first because I'm older than you, but yeah, I'm also, um, was raised Catholic, not, um, not Italian Catholic, but, um, Irish Catholic, which they're both horrible Catholics. Um, just the worst of the Catholics to be perfectly honest. Um, do you, you think like, 
What's interesting about what you said, uh, you know, and we we don't we don't have to go too deep into this, but it's like when you look at things like LSD and outline LSD, and this is just my my mm-hmm. own opinion and thought process, but is LSD is not really it's not it's not monetizable that well, you know, like no. unless you're like <laughs> like it's not you're not going to be able to make a lot of money off of hits of acid. You don't do that much of it. If you look at the drugs that we've been able to monetize and legalize, it's the drugs mm-hmm. that require people to do a lot of them to get high. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Pills, alcohol, you know, all these things that, you know, that that they can sell you a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're not That's buying. Like when you you're go- the first ones to get legalized, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're going, at least when I when I was buying acid, um, I mean, I still buy acid, but now I buy it in larger quantities. <laughs> but normally it's like- bulk. Yeah, normally it was $5 a hit. You know what I mean? Like it maybe $10 if it was something really, really good, but I've never paid more than $10 for a hit of acid. So yeah. Yeah, you're and, not- and, that, and that'll last you eight hours. Can you imagine if everyone, yeah. at the bar, everyone at the bar just got one hit of acid for five bucks and they were good for the rest <laughs> of the night? No one would make any fucking money. No one would make any money. You may have one beer. I remember, yeah, because sometimes I'll be drinking while you know I'm on acid, but it won't be a lot at all. Normally it's water. I want like fruit punch or something ridiculous. (laughs) You get very specific with the things that you put in. Well, you put in your body when you're on acid. I really like candy, like starbursts and stuff like that. But that's just, that's just me. I could eat it. Can you eat on acid? Like I could totally like, I could eat, like I I'll eat pasta. Like if I'm hungry, I could eat on almost any drug, even Coke. Can you eat on acid or anything when you're on anything? I can do anything on acid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, Steve, if, Steve, if Steve Jobs can start a, start Apple on acid, I can do anything on acid. <laughs> you can do anything on acid. I am, um, I am very well versed in um, being a normal member of society while on acid. A lot of people are kind of like freaked out by that. And I'm like, it's just acid, man. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> what was yeah, the first I- time that you ever did acid? Coachella. Uh, yeah, Coachella 2000. I I mean, God knows the year anymore, but, uh, (laughs) it was, it was so long ago that Benny Benassi or dead mouse was opening for Benny Benassi. Like (laughs) like, if you can imagine that, like dead mouse was a nobody with his helmet and his, and his, his light up helmet and his cube shit. And he was Mm -hmm. for the whole, the holy, the holy God of Benny Benassi. So that's how, that's how long ago it was. And you know, what's funny is that I don't think I've even heard of Benny Benazi, but I have heard of uh, Dead Mouse. Um, I don't know if I really heard any of their music. It is kind of true. They're going to push me and then just touch me. So yeah, I know that one. Like, that's the Benny Benazi song. Oh, okay. Well, then yeah. I know that song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it is kind of true that um, once you actually stop doing like a lot of drugs, like techno music doesn't sound the same. Because <laughs> I try listen to, and maybe it's just because it's different. Like, like I have '90s like raver music, so it's like you know that Chicago house music, and um, and then I used to listen to like uh New York DJ like Freaking Bones, and I really liked um like Danny the Wild Child, who was like a drum and bass or jungle. So I don't even know what the fuck they have now, but there's been a couple of times I went out and I'm just like, oh, I definitely need ecstasy to listen to whatever this is. <laughs> <laughs> like what is happening? <clears throat> it's very funny. Um, 
So you um, you like to go to all of these like you go to Coachella, you go to raves. Um, I believe you went to Burning Man, if I'm not mistaken. So when are you so when you go into these places, is this the type of scenario where um, where you're just like micro dosing or is this where you're kind of like indulging a little bit more? Indulging. Indulging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think I've ever microdosed at, uh, at at something of, of that high energy or high octane. Yeah. Um, you know, I've probably done more drugs at Burning Man than like most people have done in their entire lifetime. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> that's uh, like a camping thing, right? Like you're out there for a couple of days, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the longest I've been out of Burning Man is 17 days. Uh, How long is fucking Burning Man? 10 days. 10 days? And you were yeah, there so I, 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 I ran a camp up there. Um, and when you build and you show up early and, mm-hmm. and you build this infrastructure, you know, your listeners will probably know about, about Burning Man, so I won't go too much into it. But, mm-hmm. you know, Burning Man's literally a city. So it's not a festival. It's not something like Coachella where they they build it and you come and pay admission to experience it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all participant driven and participant built. So um, Burning Man becomes the fourth largest city in Nevada for 10 days. Uh, you know, 80, <laughs> 85,000 people show up and it becomes the fourth largest city in Nevada. And um, if you, if you, you know, it's not, it's not all about drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drugs get obviously get reported on the most. It's the most fun to talk about, yeah. but you know, firefighters go to Burning Man to study how things burn. You know, oh. uh, there's, there's a post office at Burning Man. There's a kid's camp at Burning Man. There's like, there's a, just a full civilization. So, um, you really, you can, cho- what's great about Burning Man is you can choose the drugs that, that will serve you in the mm-hmm. giving. Uh, yeah. you know, I've seen, some really funny things at Burning Man. Um, and I've seen some, some wild things at Burning Man. And it's, it, it's definitely a great place to, to try whatever drug you're, you're trying to try for the first time. Is to try it there. I've never, um, Burning Man is one thing that I've never been to, but I have been to like, I've been to like camping raves. It was called Further or Even Further. Um, I went to a couple of those, definitely not children friendly for <laughs> any of those. But pretty that- progressive lifestyle to bring your kids to those. Yeah, things. I'm not but- saying I'm against it. You know, I, I want people to raise their children how they stay fit. But yeah, it's pretty progressive for my taste. Yeah, even well, I mean, because obviously not everything is um, about drugs, but that's like when people are, go to that thing again, especially with the social social stuff, they also probably just think it's like a bunch of hippies just doing a bunch of drugs or a bunch of crazy people doing a bunch of drugs. But yeah, it's obviously it's um, it's obviously other stuff. I never um, I never knew that about Burning Man because I just assumed it was a place just to go do a bunch of drugs. But now I know that there's which it is. It's there. a great place. <laughs> I don't I don't want to discount drugs like (laughs) certainly a great place to do drugs I'll probably I'll probably go to Burning Man do drugs more than I'll study fire so you know maybe that proves its point or you could do drugs and study fire which is something I like to do um when I'm on drugs sometimes if there's a fire absolutely um so let's go back um to um growing up in hollywood and of uh, the drug scene there um especially with like your friends and stuff like that do you know a lot of people like, like the hollywood scene especially like if it's like a child of a star or like a rock star like are they put underneath 
like different social stigmas? Um, and do they tend to use more than let's say like just an average person living in Hollywood? It's tough to say, you know, my, my parents, I think did as good of a job as you could do, um, from, from a parenting handbook, as mm -hmm. far as keeping your, how to keep your kids away from drugs. I think they did everything that, that you, that you were supposed to do, but, mm -hmm. you know, I was a kid that grew up idolizing Motley Crue. Uh, you know, I grew up, you know, listening to a lot of that kind of stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, they were, you know, right in our backyard, obviously taking you to still Panther, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but, um, you know, those type of, th like, it was only a matter of time before I, I, like, I checked in with myself and said, Hey, there's, there, there's a world out here that I'm, that I'm not exploring. And, and I did it at a safe age. You know, I, I don't, I, I do look back and say, you know, if, if I had started dabbing in this stuff in high school, when, mm -hmm. You know, my brain's not yet developed. I'm not yet fully an adult. Um, mm -hmm. it, it could have been pretty crippling, right? And that's, you know, I think it, 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 it all comes down to, in my opinion, less about how you're raised and more about your social circles. Okay. Um, you know, I went to a private high school where you would think a private high school would protect people from drugs more. But when I went to a public high school after mm -hmm. that, that private high school, um, most of my friends from the private high school ended up in rehab, all kinds mm -hmm. of crazy shit. You know, they came for those rich families that you talk about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the public school kids who had nothing that it was already already around them seemed to deal with it better. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and this is just my personal experience. It might be it might. Uh, there's obviously not. I don't have data to back it up or anything, but mm -hmm. um, I, I do think it's all about who you surround your, yourself with and how that social circle or social pressure pushes you to try new things um, mm -hmm. and what you think you're going to get out of those new things. Um, you know, again, idolizing Molly Crew, being um, a naturally sexual person, I think drugs were all, for me were always tethered to, you know, how's this going to help me get laid? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, the and the moment, the moment, the moment drugs started to like, you know, the moment a drug starts preventing me from getting laid, I'm, 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 I'm taking my foot off the gas, you know? So for me, it was, it was never really a usage thing from a, I'm, I was chasing a high. It was more mm -hmm. of like, how can, how can I get high and facilitate, you know, more love, more sex and good time. So as long mm -hmm. as the, as long as the sex, good times and love and environment were flowing, that's, that's what kept the drug, the drugs flowing for me. It wasn't so much, um, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I was never trying to use drugs to fill voids mm -hmm. or fill holes that I think become damaging for people. Right. Like, yeah. Or impress start... people and, and which Hollywood is all about impressing people mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause I remember um, living there and meeting some children of, um, you know, celebrities who are just disasters of people, unfortunately, it's, and it, and it is because they're hanging out with other, you know, socialites and stuff like that. And, and they feel very privileged and their parents like, like, you know, they'd be like, oh, we'll just put you in rehab or they do try to shelter them from drugs and, and whatnot. And, and like you said, the rich families are like, oh, we don't have problems with drugs because we have money. And the kids in the public school, it's like, oh, well, we see this shit all the time. We don't really want to fuck with it. If we do fuck with it, we know what the fuck we're doing. That's why it always happens where rich kids always end up in rehab or overdosing where kids in public school know the, the amount that they should do. 
and where to do it and stuff like that. There's some, um, there's definitely some, um, perks to being, uh, being on the wrong side of the track, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, I think when you're on the right, the wrong side of the tracks, it's more of a sink or swim environment, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like when the people that are swimming have found ways to combat those voids and combat the negative things in their life without mm -hmm. drugs so that when they have, when they do drugs, it's not as um, detrimental of an impact. Whereas like you mentioned, you know, you shelter your kids and, 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 and you prevent them from confronting problems in other ways other than drugs mm -hmm. and they start using drugs to solve those problems that's when you get that yeah that's when it becomes a problem mm -hmm. well yeah <laughs> and then they see you know mom having a glass of wine and popping a xanax because she had a rough day shopping at louis vuitton it's like oh this is how terrible i, I know the feeling though shopping at louis vuitton can be luck can be rough. <laughs> <I hate you>. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, that is, um, they have, um, I thought a really good movie that uh, depicted that was, um, it had Michael Douglas in it, not Julia Stiles, but the one that kind of looks like Julia Stiles. Um, was it called Traffic? It was called Traffic, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember? Well, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Um, but it was where, where like he was working for the president. He was actually like in control of like the drug administration or something or the war on drugs. And then his daughter ends up, you know, getting railed, smoking crack in a crack house. Um, this is a good movie. Highly recommend it for everybody. It's older, definitely early 2000s. I, 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 I've, I've seen a similar experience of yeah. someone getting railed on drugs. Uh, <laughs> like we were, we were. We we're out of we we're in Vegas for for my for one of my birthdays mm -hmm. and um, uh, my friend I'll I'll refer to him as Slinky to pre 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 uh, to uh, preserve his identity. They're kind of like he's a professional dominatrix, so he's got okay. the, he's got this girl that's you know also promiscuous, and uh, they meet this couple that is like you know really like you know calm and love, and they're just like we want to try swinging for the first time. So I'm over there in the corner. Uh, you know, drinking, having a good time, walk in and mm -hmm. like, and, and they have convinced Slinky and his girlfriend mm -hmm. that they want to try swinging for the first time. Yeah. And it ended up in this poor boyfriend in the corner, just crying his eyes out. Oh. And Slinky's girlfriend's over there, like cuddling him, like there, okay. there, there, there. While this guy's girlfriend's uh, asking Slinky, fuck me in my ass harder. Just fuck me in the ass harder. And so, you know, Molly has that kind of effect. Like, you know, you, 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 you <laughs> and Slinky's girlfriend's like, you just hurry the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how much I can, I can keep this, this poor, this poor individual uh distracted while you finish but yeah yeah oh and they yeah sometimes um drugs do kind of will give you that like maybe superman effect where it's like oh i could do this and then once moral, moral of the story uh try swinging before you do drugs yeah Not yeah there's definitely <laughs> don't do anything um don't do anything on drugs that you wouldn't do sober is um is kind of a good thing but at the which same isn't, time, which isn't which isn't much for me yeah then that's <laughs> and that's my problem too is that i'm like i would absolutely do this sober uh, <laughs> <laughs> um 
<laughs> but definitely for some people, uh, that's, how, yeah. that's how we justify our mind, right? Would I do this sober? Oh yeah, totally, without a yeah, doubt. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm, then, I'm good. At, I'm good at lying to myself, <laughs> right? And then when I am sober, well, I remember um because I I read this study that um, mushrooms can actually help you uh, quit smoking cigarettes. And it it wasn't a big study. I think that was like maybe 15, 17 people or something like that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I like mushrooms. I'm like, let me see if I could do some mushrooms and then focus on like not wanting to smoke cigarettes. I'm like, I could totally do this. That would be amazing for me because like consciously, I know that cigarettes are bad, but it's that little voice in the back of my head that's like no you need another one so um I took some mushrooms I was walking around the city and I think because I was like I don't need a cigarette but I kept talking like you know thinking about cigarettes that all I wanted to do was smoke cigarettes so I ended up fucking smoking almost an entire pack of cigarettes on this mushroom trip that I was that was meant to help me quit smoking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, whenever I do, whenever I've done drugs, whether it be mushrooms, acid, Molly, okay. uh, it, it, it's always, it's always accompanied by a nice cigarette. There's something mm-hmm. about tobacco. There, mm-hmm. Tobacco just level levels out your vision. It kind of like, it, it, it really primes you for, for a nice high. It, it really it, does. It, 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 it's it's definitely not a substitute by any means. It's a it's a, it's a complimentary experience. Yeah, it's like even drinking. Like anytime I like, because I you know I don't drink nearly as much as um as I used to. But when I do go out and drink, um I tend to smoke more too because like I live in a non-smoking building, so I maybe you know smoke like four cigarettes a day, four or five cigarettes a day, which is a lot less <laughs> than being able to smoke. Um, I don't even know how many cigarettes I'm smoking with these, you know? Oh yeah. Like, like I can't nicotine things like, yeah, I can't smoke with those. But when, yeah, when I go out drinking, um, I do tend to smoke more. I'm like, Oh, like, cause they go well together. There's just certain drugs that I have to have a cigarette on. I'm just like, yes, cocaine. Absolutely. If I don't have cigarettes, I'm not doing cocaine, but it's just, it's just not happening. It's just impossible. Those, all three of those things go very, very well together. I'll I'll never forget. I was at this music festival, Desert Hearts, and I meet this guy and he's like, and we're, we're talking, we're vibing. And he's just like, man, like, I've been to rehab for meth. I've been to rehab for heroin. I've been, and he's just listing all these hard drugs that he's been mm-hmm. to rehab. He's like, I'm clean. I'm off all that now. Uh, and he pulls out his jewel out of his pocket. He's like, but this motherfucking thing, I can't shake it. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, meanwhile, I'm looking, I'm like, I'm smoking mine. Like, like out of everything you mentioned, you can't smoke, you can't quit the jewel, like as I'm puffing away. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, um, I read multiple studies that it's actually harder to quit smoking cigarettes than it is to quit heroin or really any other drug. Again, the social stigma thing, but it's also because your brain, like you create this habit basically when, when you smoke, um, especially with the jewels, you do it all the time. Now I definitely couldn't do, um, couldn't do the jewels, but, um, it's like when you wake up in the morning, it's like, Oh, I wake up, I drink a glass of water. Like for me, I wake up, I drink a glass of water, wash my face, walk my dog, smoke a cigarette. Um, after, after a meal, you know, there's certain parts of my day. I'm like, Oh, it's my smoke break time. And like, I don't even 
like I could be working and be fine, but I just look up at the clock at the exact same time within the same like 10 minutes, be like, oh, it's cigarette break time. It's like that little part of your brain. It's like, no, it's time. This is what we do. We got to keep doing it. And for some people, like it's really hard to like break that, that train of thought that, that just repetitive behavior because it's daily, you know, it's, it's a consistent thing. So yeah, it's really hard. Like it's um, like, I just started meditating regularly. I think I'm up to like 50 days in a row. I'm like, I wonder <laughs> if I could keep this going. Like I keep smoking. going. <laughs> right. Right. Like it, it's, it, there's an interesting book. I think it's called like a, atomic habits that explain mm-hmm. why, uh, why certain certain like why good habits are harder to keep than bad habits you know Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, I read that book yeah I was like because I'm like how do I quit smoking and just like other little bad habits you know um and also how to train yourself to do like better habits like meditating and stuff like that and I believe they say if you do something was it for like 20 days in a row it does start creating that habit so it is um but a lot of times creating healthy habits isn't fun no no, it's no, uh, meditating. Yeah. Meditating is not fun. Like I recently no. found out I have ADHD and I'm like, oh, so it's like extra hard for me to meditate. Cause when I'm sitting down, I'm like, don't think about anything. Don't think about anything. Fuck. I thought about something. I'm like, oh my God, now I'm thinking about thinking about stuff, you know? And it's just like, calm. Time, the fuck time, down. time to go take some more drugs. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that's the moral of the story. You, know? you just you need more drugs constantly. Drugs do help though. Um, I've never been big on pills, and um, I'd like to take um every once in a while for anxiety. I have beta blockers because I'm not big on Xanax. I do have Xanax prescribed to me, but I don't like if I re- like if I need help sleeping, I'll take a Xanax because that fucker will knock me out. But yeah, I like my beta blockers, which I guess just like kind of thin out your blood and slow down your heart. Um, super fun to drink on, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you only need one cocktail, and you are hammered um but they're great yeah i like um i like beta blockers um the adderall i have fucking adderall prescribed to me and i'm like oh so this is why because it never like super fucked me up and i'm like i never figured out (laughs) i'm like oh it's because i have adhd (laughs) i'm an idiot (laughs) (laughs) when it comes with that um i have um Let's talk about your family. Um, were they ever like, are they big drinkers or like, have they, like, have you ever talked to your dad about like smoking a joint or something like that? Like, could you see yourself ever smoking a joint with your parents? Yeah. So I, I actually like smoked weed with my mom for the first time, uh, two years ago. Nice. So not, 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 not prevalent earlier in my life at all. They, like I said, they kept everything away from me. They kept everything. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they kept everything. You know, my parents were never on pills or whatever. Mm-hmm. Were never smoking weed. If they were ever drinking, they was drinking wine. I don't think I've ever really seen them do shots or anything. Yeah. Um. So, that, like I said, like textbook, how to how to parent your kids, do all these <laughs> things. Yeah, I mean, you didn't it, um, it try drugs. Yeah, 20, it does. So. It doesn't, you know, you don't always get the result that you think you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's because I know some, um, you know, some kids with their parents, um, like my stepdad is still very anti-marijuana, like still like, so, like drinking's fine. He, he'll drink all the time, but weed is very, very bad. But now my mother is retired and she actually likes, she's always like smoking pot and she really likes edibles now because it helps with like her arthritis and like there, that does have, um, the, you know, medicinal purposes and stuff like that. But I still have to like sneak her 
edibles. Like I send her edibles sometimes. Um, just like, we can't tell, you know, George that we're doing this. I'm like, he still thinks this way. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. But your parents not like that. It'd be like, no, what about your dad? Do you think your dad would ever, has he ever smoked pot? He, he's not a big fan. Uh, make, it makes him tired. Just like it makes me tired. Uh, yeah. You know, my dad's, uh, my dad's your typical wine and cigar guy. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Some people are just like, no. And, um, it is funny because a lot of times when, um, when people have tried certain things like pot and be like, no, it's just not for me, but they're not like against other people getting stoned. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's a lot of people who have tried it and be like, Oh, it was the worst experience I ever had. You should never do it. Or people are like, no, it just made me tired. I don't want to do it anymore kind of thing. And if you want to do it, that's fine. But yeah, people are definitely more socially acceptable of, um, drinking, but at least the, the marijuana thing is starting, um, starting to loosen up a little bit here in the city. I know in California, I miss being able to just go to a fucking clinic or whatever and just buy it. It was so nice here. I mean, I have my medical license here, but um, yeah, it, that that was a weird thing to get used to. I'd be like, fuck, I have to buy my drugs illegally again. And then my first apartment, I lived on the same floor as the fucking police commissioner, Ray Kelly at the time, <laughs> just having pounds of weed sent to me. Speaking of weed, hold that thought. My delivery guy's at the door. I'll be right oh, back. Okay. <laughs> alarm. It was the other false alarm. It was the other drug dealer, Amazon. So, <laughs> no. Oh, that is, um, yeah, I am definitely addicted to that son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed like whenever I'm not doing other drugs, I tend to supplement my addiction habits for shopping for retarded things on on Amazon. I have a bunch of crystals. I don't even know what the fuck to do with them. <laughs> I just have crystals now. I, yeah, definitely definitely need a breathalyzer that locks your Amazon account. Yes, like instead of like when you for driving or whatever, one of my yeah. girlfriends actually had um one of those. Actually, a couple of my girlfriends had those in their cars. One of our friends, um, yeah, he actually had a bracelet. They had this weird like ankle bracelet that can test if like you're drinking alcohol, like it gets sensitive through your skin or whatever. I believe I'm not sure if I told this story yet on the podcast, but um, we were out in Vegas. And long story short, um, he thought that maybe if he just kept his foot in a bucket of water, the thing couldn't tell that he was drinking. But this is a man who comes from a very like old, old money rich. Clear, like, clear, clearly, the thing just thinks he's really hydrated. Yeah, yeah. Just like old, old money rich. So just like family pays like off constantly all of the DUIs and stuff like that and serious alcohol problem. But yeah, I would just had his foot in a bucket the entire time. Cause uh, he's a big poker player always played in the world series of poker. And yeah, no, it was able to tell that. Yeah. <laughs> he was drunk. All right. Um, well, we're going to wrap this up. It was so good to like, see you and talk with you. It's been, um, I want to say since avn homewards if i'm not mistaken it's been a while um also quarantine hasn't helped either um at all from like visiting and stuff i got my first vaccination shot yesterday though hey. so, so i will be out yes um 
don't worry about the fucking vaccine or what's in the vaccination shot. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> like that's not something, um, you should be more worried about the McDonald's that you're eating than, um, <laughs> what's in the McRib. I had three since it came out, by the way. Hope, hope, hopefully, hopefully in, tw- in 2023, we don't hear ads on the television that said, if you took the COVID vaccine in 2023, right. <laughs> you might be the conversation. Oh, when I went in, um, I forgot what I had asked her. Oh, I'm like, can, you know, with the Pfizer or Moderma or, or whatever. And I, oh, well, what, what did she say? Oh, oh, I asked her, I'm like, how long um, do I have to wait till after I get the first one? Can I go get the second one? And she's like, honestly, we're just all guinea pigs right now. Um, so she's like, we're giving everyone three weeks. And I was like, okay. And then I was reading the paperwork. They're like, not approved by the FDA. And I'm like, well, some of the stuff the FDA has approved baby powder for one from Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> I like how they have that shot. I'm like, no one's taking that shot. <laughs> yeah, like, there's might. been jokes on Twitter where it's like, yeah, they couldn't even do baby powder. Right. You can't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you brought up, you brought up the AVN. So I'll leave you with a little story from my okay. last time there. Um, so I'm, I'm going down the elevator. This is mm-hmm. like, you know, you know how they have that circle bar, mm-hmm. like circle bar. got rest in peace, uh, hard rock hotel, you know, and then we're going to see that place again, but I think first, yeah. but so anyway, they have the circle bar at the bottom of the hotel. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of conjugate yeah. there. That's like, you the know, circle bar. Yeah. That we need the, yeah, the I think it's called the circle bar. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go downstairs, you know, interact with all my porn friends at the circle mm-hmm. bar. Yeah. And like, so I'm going down the elevator and I run into this porn star that I had jerked off to probably a billion times as mm-hmm. a kid. Right. Like just see, finally see, I see her in real life. I'm like, Oh my God, that's what that, that, that has to be her. And we're, I'm with a couple of my friends and they're, and they're kind of doing the kind of like, Hey, we're going to go back up to Mike's room and party. I'm like, we are. Okay. Like, <laughs> no, they were going down to circle by that. <laughs> There's yeah. always a party back up at your room. So <laughs> we, we go back up to the room and I'm like, okay, like this might be my chance to actually, you know, like sleep with this woman that I have been jerking off to my entire life. And so, and so she goes like, she goes, do you want to do some blow? I'm like, oh yeah, of course I want to do blow. Absolutely. Like any, like never as drugs that lead to sex drugs. Mm-hmm. That lead to love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I'm like, yeah, of course I want to do blow. Um, and so she's like, so we're racking up lines, whatnot. And like, mm-hmm. she had like these fingernails that were like maybe like an inch and a half long. So they were already good shovels for just getting, the, yeah. get, getting into the bag. So like I'm racking up lines that are like gator size. She's like, she's shoveling with like these giant fingernails, like coping yeah. of our nose. So like five, 10 minutes goes by and she goes, and she goes, what did you give me? And I'm like, I give you, I've been doing the same shit you did. Like, yeah. like we're in this together. She's like, no, that wasn't blow. I was like, it was blow. Don't worry. It was totally blow. And as soon as I say it was blow, my friend goes, has anybody seen my K? Oh, and, no. And, was, <laughs> and like, as soon as he said that, as soon as that happened, like, I started like it's just the world starts like spinning like mm-hmm. I start morphing into this like frame there's like like the walls are collapsing in I look over there she's like paralyzed like <laughs> in some weird position she kind of like had like t-rex arms like she couldn't fucking move and like I swear to god we we like 
we must have fucking just like it was such an odd experience because it was like it was like almost like I thought I was dying, mm-hmm. but I was okay. I was totally content and relaxed with dying. Like I was just like, oh, this You're is like perfect. this is what's happening now. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is. It was like it was, maybe it's like meditating for fifty days in a row and then dying. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is. I'm present with this death. You yeah. know exactly the way it's supposed to be. Um, and and that that was wild. Like we 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 must have been like frozen, not able to move for like 45 minutes to an in hour. In the K hole. In the in the K hole. So you know if you're gonna if you're gonna get your dosage right and try try to you know try to have sex with someone that that you're interested in, make sure you get your get your K dosage right. But if you do get your K dosage right, K is a great drug. You know, yeah. like, um, yeah, if you do it a little bit, uh, like in moderation, I've always did it more. But the there's yeah. one or two times where it's just like I small bumps. And I'm like, OK, it's not we, that. we had we created something at Bernie Mac called Ketamolicane. Oh, and and it's essentially, you know, 30 percent K, 30 percent mm-hmm. Molly, 30 percent cocaine. And it's it's ingenious, actually, because the first thing you're going to mm-hmm. get is you're going to get that immediate adrenaline rush from the blow. Yeah. Like, you know, you mix all these three things up together, you crush it up. So it's like a great line. And then the first thing you're going to get, you hit with that blow energy boost. Then for about 15 minutes, you kind of get that spacey K feeling. You're kind of, you know, you're relaxed, you're energized, but you're relaxed right mm-hmm. at past the 30, 30, 45 minute mark. You're rolling. You know, so <laughs> it, 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 it's a, it's, it's a stack one after the other. Um, and yeah. that, 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 that's kind of how I, I experiment with my drugs. I do small dosage, but I like to pair them with different things. One thing I've been mm-hmm. really interested in recently was, is, um, cause I, cause I don't really like drinking that much anymore. It just, it doesn't have a healthy benefit, um, yeah. for me, um, just like cocaine. I kind of, I, I also got off cocaine just because it's it, yeah. much of a medicinal benefit, but I've been really playing around with, um, GHB and small K bumps. And, okay. um, it's, it's, it, it's, it's very, very, very interesting for like, you know, your sex drive and your just overall energy well being. obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you can't drink doing GHB and you should. Yeah. You know, yeah. My girl used take to that, um... take that with a grain. Of, yeah. Take that with a grain of salt, but, um, <laughs> and, and obviously consult your doc, obviously consult your doctor before you do anything. Um, but yeah, the you know, GHB that, can definitely be, um, I've yeah, when you, when you, when you make small things, start with small dosage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With that. Yeah. My girl used to, um, yeah, she wasn't a big drinker. She did like cocaine, but she would have, um, she would have GHB and she just do like little drops. She had like a little droplet and would just do like a little bit here, you know, throughout the night or whatever. She really, yeah, she really liked it, but she would only do a little bit. Um, Normally when I, if I'm doing, especially when I was younger, if I was doing drugs, I was doing them to get fucking annihilated. <laughs> I was trying to fill some void, all of the holes. I was trying to fill all of the holes. Fill all, <laughs> all the so, holes at once. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's more like, oh, this is fun. You know, this past summer, I definitely did more cocaine than I normally have being in quarantine and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, because that's one of my favorite ones. I'm like, I need to stay away from that one because I like it. And that is trouble. Anything I like is trouble. Um, where can people find you um, or find some of your OnlyFans models and stuff? Yeah, so it's pretty simple. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. So only Corin King. So 
uh, instead of the the T-I-N-G in, in quarantine, it's it's King. So only Corin King with two underscores at the end. Um, my OnlyFans is just, you know, free for fun. So come follow it for, for free. Um, and then, you know, the, my models, you can you can connect with them there as well and subscribe to their pages. Which is awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on, sir. It's always happy to be here anytime. Um, and hopefully I will um, get to see you sometime this year because I do plan on coming out uh, to L.A. Me and my girlfriend are going to do a little apartment swap and I'll be vaccinated. I got all my shots. Yeah, so. you, you're 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 allowed to congregate. Now. I am. So I know I like how I read the the CD, CDC said it's like, yes, people who are vaccinated can group together. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's why we got fucking vaccinated. That's why so we can hang out in groups. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the shot just for funsies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to talk to fucking, I hate people, but I miss them so much. I miss the fucking bum on fourth street that I would give cigarettes to all the time. Like I miss people I hate like that is how much I miss people I'm like I miss hating someone in their face not just online so you're telling you're telling me you're not doing Pfizer you're not you're not you're not getting high on Pfizer <laughs> oh I got high on Pfizer yesterday baby oh. I still feel it, <laughs> I still feel it. it's, it's you're getting a little sore you're getting you're getting Pfizer <laughs> the Pfizer <laughs> all right well thanks babe bye all right ciao